I remember actually it was you know not to get too detailed, but when we had the twins, we didn't know we were having twins. Mm-hmm. Um, we never had an ultrasound. We didn't think we needed an ultrasound, even if an ultrasound would have uncovered anything wrong. We obviously were going to have the children no matter what. Um, so we actually one of the babies was born, and the doctor said we need another baby warming tray thing <laughs> in here. And awesome. and I thought, well, what's going on? He said, there's another one. <laughs> and wow. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't know to. I wish we had like candid camera on there, right? My face and like it was. I think I would just was like, well, just keep them coming, you know. Let's just. Happy attitudes. Oh yes, happy Friday, the first Friday of 2024. Beatitudes, welcome to the show. This is a show. If this is your first time to ever be at the Beatitudes, it's a place for Christian men to walk arm-in-arm together, seeking humorness and holiness as we grow in our faith and walk with the Lord, but also understanding that the living Christ is truly present when we're together in community. My name is Jeff Shufflebine, and I love this year. 24 is a great year. That intro got me pumped. (laughs) Okay. Let's go. Is is humorness a word? It yes. is now. It is on the Beatitudes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of like Beatitudes. <laughs> We're making up words all over the place. You're hearing some amazing voices here. If you're watching on YouTube, then you can see the greatest eyebrows this side of the Mississippi, Nicholas Besner. What's going on, everybody? And the hair that is converting the nation, Paul Kolker. <laughs> howdy, howdy. <laughs> Be healed. It's like this weird apparition of your hair. I don't... I just love how these things come to you. (laughs) Holy Spirit runs this show. And our guest, we're so happy to have back from Catholic Vote, we have Brian Birch, who got the coolest pocket square in between the Monday and Friday show of the Beatitudes. And when I think about swag for a dude... If we had Beatitudes pocket squares. With each of our faces on the individual little triangles <laughs> like that the, dude, the dudes, like the Dapper Dandy dude. Like, yes, yeah. like we'll all yeah. have our own yeah. and we can sell them online. To <laughs> s- this is just a straw poll to see who would buy them besides Christopher. We already know you'd buy it. Is who's going to buy if we have pocket squares. You're just going to make the faces really small so you don't know that they're faces until it's <laughs> oh. like up close. Like a tessellation or something yeah, like yeah, where exactly. it alternates. Don't yeah. even know what word that was. A Tesla nation? <laughs> That's... <laughs> We're on our way, I guess. Hey, we're going to start off today, Brian, by getting you into the mix for Friday with a bonus show. What is this called, Nicholas? This is Blessed Are the Joke Makers, but they shown here at the points, bonus edition for 240 points, because I looked at the clock and that was what was up there, 240. Whoa, okay. I don't, gosh. It's a big one. (laughs) Okay. All right. So So the way this works, it's a bonus edition, so we each get a character card, but we can't tell you what that card is. We have to try to get you to guess it while all answering the same prompt from the Catholic card game. So- Little little spin on this. It's a one. Brian, they're generic. A it's not like it's not like you have yeah. to name the person. You have yeah. to name the the, the person. The president. Like, uh, not, got not, it. Like, oh, got it. Not Ronald Reagan. Reagan. The yeah. leader of a voting organization, like yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if if I was being that guy, I would be like the coolest dude of all time. Jeff is already. He's pre-pandering. <laughs> Lather. Lather. He's already the marketing director. Blue. Lather. Yeah. Rinse. Repeat. <laughs> Do you know what my version is? I'm pre-an- pre-an- uh, pre-andering. Pre. It's a pre. Yeah, you go. did the preamble in the last episode. <laughs> the pre-pander on this one. Here we go. And. Here we go. The prompt is, the newest Catholic podcast talks entirely about blank. Oh, yeah! 
the newest Catholic podcast talks about being a man. It talks about flexing your Jesus muscles. And it also talks about snapping into the Bible. You have to guess right now. I'm going to have – this is like WWF, World Wrestler. Mr. Macho, ah, which kind of sounds specific, but it's like yeah, a general – that's good. Yeah. That's good. I think I nailed it. I think, the, I think right now I'm batting 1,000. on the bullseye, on the target. On the I mean, bullseye. <laughs> you're on the target. Maybe not the bullseye. You have to split my arrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so uh, here's the deal, all right? Let me talk you through this, all right? So what you're going to do is you're going to stand on a street corner, and you're going to look for the opportune moment. Now, with the, what's going to happen there – is a car is probably going to, somebody's going to look down at their phone or something. That's when you jump out in front of the vehicle, and it'll, it'll probably hurt a little bit, but you just laugh through the pain like a, like a punch in the leg. <laughs> and uh, and, and then, then we sue, all right? And that's where the cash comes from, okay? Okay, all right, I think you read me. What podcast is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a financial podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this has got to be uh, Brooklyn Street Lawyer, My Cousin Vinny-ish. That slimy lawyer was <laughs> what I was going for. I leaned into the lawyer part more than the Catholic, the Catholic podcast. <laughs> but you owned it. <laughs> Why do you, you know, use a New York accent and it was slimy lawyer? You said you have a problem with New York. No, yeah, no, man. no. I... <laughs> <laughs> I just was going to 91 with my cousin Vinny. Nick's got props, man. Nick's got props. Here we go. Hey, Johan. Oh, by the way, before before you say anything, have you heard about the new newest Catholic podcast? It's these guys out of Dallas, and they're 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 great. But do you know what you want to order yet? You got we got bread and we got wine. That's it. Those are the only offerings: bread and wine. So have you made your selection? Anyways, this newest Catholic podcast, I gotta tell you, if you okay, if you're not gonna order, I'm just gonna leave. If you if you can't get if you can't pick between bread or, or bread and wine or wine, then I'm just gonna leave because you can't get this newest Catholic podcast. It's just it's awesome. Wow. Now see, I can't get my cousin Vinny out of my mind. Now I'm thinking Marissa Tomei, but I'm gonna go New York diner waitress. Fed up, waiter or waitress. Uh, I think we should make a whole special about that place that you just named. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like an awesome restaurant. That was good. Thank you. All right. You're, this is actually the hardest vote of your life. Yeah. It all comes down There's to no the resources. Vote. There's no resource for you to go to other than right here. I or need more 51%. Here. Yeah. Are you in the loop of your own mind? Uh, let's do this for the masses. What are you thinking? Oh, well, I got a vote. Oh, yeah. That's right. You, you, so not, only, you not only oh, have to guess who we are. Second biggest vote. I was like, getting ready to, for this big yeah, question you're going to ask me. Second biggest vote total of all time is the only pressure, yeah. Brian. Ooh, this yeah. is a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go with the waitress. Let's yeah. Go! Why the sappy music? <laughs> He's sad because I think I just passed him for second place in the season's standings. Yeah. Because that was a big one. Yeah, that was <laughs> extra creative working in the waitress, what you're going to eat, but it's sacramental. And he had props. Good accent. I mean, it was yeah. just. He remembered the podcast part. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That Turn, was right. Turns out benefit to be critical. Of going, <laughs> benefit of going third. I was like, well, Paul's out. He actually followed the rules. <laughs> I was so into the character, I forgot what I was even doing. <laughs> Nick, congratulations on 2024. Looking up. Okay, listen, uh, we're going to transition from that one, though. Um, speaking of big numbers, Brian, you got some kids, don't you? <laughs> 
I do have a few. Tell us about your home world to the best of your ability, whatever you're willing to share here. Married with some children. Married with children, not the show. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you got a Paul Rudd thing going on, by the way. If I'm thinking about like comedians and actors, have you seen this in him? Like, there's a little uh, bit of yeah, your delivery. Yeah, a little bit of Paul Rudd. I was trying to think of the name. It just hit me when you said married with children. It has nothing to do with him. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. No, uh, has, it's kind of the like the side smile there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're you're casual, but you know a lot. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Did you get that way with that many X number of kids? How many kids do you have? I have nine kids. Okay. Eight pregnancies, nine kids, because our first pregnancy with twins. And, uh, first one. Started off. First one. Started <laughs> off with boy, a double. Boy, girl, twins. So, of course, we got the, so you're done. Um, you know, what everyone <laughs> would want, having a boy and a girl in the first pregnancy. I call it baptism by fire because we didn't know what having kids was like. And yeah. Everyone in their first kid is kind of thrown into realizing how selfish you really are and mm-hmm. forced to be really selfless because that's what kids do to you which is why we all should have them, because otherwise we turn into really selfish people. Um, but I, That's the title of this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> but to have nine kids, you have to kids, be really... Don't be selfish. <laughs> then by the time you have nine kids, you turn really selfish again. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Circles all the way back you were, around. You was coming back around for you there, Jeff. <laughs> You're almost there. No. Um, no, God has blessed me. Obviously, I don't subscribe to the volume equals sanctity. Uh, uh, sure. You know, sense i truly believe that you know i every child has been a blessing everyone is unique there uh you know the thing about it is um we all profess uh to be open to life and not everyone can have lots of children some people want children can't have children some people never can have children um so to have nine children i take it for granted too often how wonderful that really is and um you know look forward to you know, spending my life in all the different phases that having children is. My oldest son actually got married a year and a half ago and just told us recently that they are expecting. So Whoa. can you start calling me Grandpa Birch? Grandpa mm. Birch. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is that going to be your grandpa name? <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. Like, I don't Birch. feel like a grandpa. I feel like I you know, graduated from college not too long ago, but you know, 25 years goes by fast. If you hang out on Tuesday nights recording a podcast with your buddies giggling all the time, you actually feel like you're about 14 <laughs> years old. So, yeah, yeah, we're just helping you to keep going back there. When you after you had the twins first, did you have the, what was it like for every other pregnancy that it could be twins? Oh, not, yeah, <laughs> well, so, supposedly twins like skips a generation, and then if you have twins, you're likelihood of having twins again. Um, I remember actually it was you know not to get too detailed, but when we had the twins. Um, the we didn't know we were having twins. Mm-hmm. Um, we never had an ultrasound. We didn't think we needed an ultrasound, even if an ultrasound would have uncovered anything wrong. We obviously were going to have the children no matter what. Um, so we actually, one of the babies was born, and the doctor said, we need another baby warming tray thing <laughs> in here. And, awesome. and I thought, well, what's going on? He said, there's another one. <laughs> and wow. So, um, <laughs> I didn't know to. I wish we had like candid camera on there, right? My face and like it was. I think I would just was like, well, just keep them coming, you know. Let's just. uh, But no, it was again. It was a pretty big shock, and it was pretty fun to then call my parents and all of our friends and say, "Yeah, we had the baby. We had a boy and a girl, and it's two people. Don't worry." (laughs) It's awesome. But yeah, it was a pretty pretty fun start to uh, parenthood. And, um, you know, still at it. I have a five, five-year-old is my youngest. And do you feel equipped to be raising young kids now that you've gone through all the way to being a 
you're a grandfather now. Like it's happened. You're you're at that level. Like how do you feel like you're doing on the five year old? Oh boy. Let's start there. How are you doing <laughs> with this the the most needy of the children? Well, you get progressively more tolerant and relaxed, I think, as you have children, you know. Lazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> Worn down. True, true. Do all it, the do true. It. Like, you know, um, it's funny because having, you know, now a grandchild on the way, you realize that, you know, God created this whole human nature thing, and it kind of works because I don't know how we would be with if we had another child, and if God sends us one, fine, but we... Um, but now you're going to start having grandchildren, and you see the role that you have now in <clears throat> being there for your kids and there, and then the role that you'll play with your grandchildren. And so it's pretty special in that way to start thinking about that starting to shift. I, there was a book recently written last year by Arthur Brooks called The Second Half. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the unique gifts that you have in the second half of your life, and I'm starting to see that you know, the things that I did as a parent and, you know, and work – um, now are starting to shift both in parenting and in working where you start to be able to mentor and to um, hopefully be an example and a font of wisdom from all the trial and errors that we went through. This is how you know, human, uh, human civilizations have worked for a long time. Can you pour that wisdom on us? Like what, <laughs> what are things that either life lessons or stories that kind of uh, highlight? Um, I always love this one. Things you wish you would have done differently or uh, even just aha moments of breakthrough. And I'm just kind of opening this up to you. We would love, there's people out here who are uh, maybe not quite as long, as far along as you or they're, they're you know, contemplating family life and, and parenthood and things mm. like that. Like, what has this journey been for you, highs and lows? Oh, boy, my kids are going to be listening to this like, ah, oh, dad's going to admit his mistakes. We got him, finally. <laughs> um no, I would say one of the things that always guided me from the beginning, I remember reading this somewhere, so I didn't come up with it, is thinking about the role of parenthood, or especially fatherhood, and distinguish between authoritarian and authoritative. Mm. And one is, of course, the authoritarian is, I'm the dad uh, because I said so. Um, and you're going to do this because either I'm going to force you to do it or there's going to be consequences. That's one way of parenting, and maybe occasionally that has to be applied. Um, but more generally, it's the authoritative mode of parenting, which is there is a set of truths that govern us, governs you as my child just as it governs me, and my job is to help you to live in accord with that, just like I want to live in accord with those truths. And it's a separating the source of authority from being something me that I impose upon my children and instead helping them to see, obviously, ideally through developing a relationship with our Lord, uh, that they see that what I am proposing to them as a way of living their life is not something um, that I uh, coerce them into, but something they choose for themselves as they mature. So they don't get a vote? <laughs> Depends on the age. Depends on the kid. I mean, like, uh, let's say if there's a quorum. So, like, if six out of the nine children are present, do they? You know, I'm not really a believer in democracy. <laughs> I prefer more of the uh, the monarchy, monarchy. Yeah, absolute, absolute monarch. Right. Twenty three was hopeful and anxious, right? <laughs> Authoritative, absolute monarch. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> no, but you know, the thing is, I have, as any man. Uh, would probably admit, if we truly had to admit, that, you know, to borrow a phrase and invert from Barack Obama, I married above my pay grade. Um, And so the truth, this real secret is marry above your pay grade if you're a man. (laughs) Um, But my wife brought so much um, wisdom to the 
task of child um, rearing because she comes from a family where her grandma started the La Leche League, mm. uh, maybe familiar with that, promoting breastfeeding for young children. Mm-hmm. And not just, many people might be familiar with the Le- La Leche League, but it wasn't just a, you know, a, a mode of nourishing children. It was actually started by a bunch of Catholic mothers that were supportive of each other in their challenge of feeding their children. But it was also built upon um, a particular kind of Catholic anthropology, this idea that mothers and children, a mother carries a baby in her womb for nine months and then gives birth to this baby, and that baby knows the sound of the mother's heart, of, of her heartbeat, of her voice, that the, has this really um, amazing physiological connection, and that that extends, obviously, as the baby begins to grow, and that this idea of the closeness of a baby, even like to hold a baby, the baby has this sense of security, f- just feeling the mother's skin and her voice and her heartbeat. And so there's a lot of that that we've employed even in the way we've tried to raise our kids is like trying to spend time. My, mo- my wife used to talk about like the power of the father just holding their child or even as they get older to give them a hug and things I'm always not good at. I want to just like, I'm going to tell you something and just do it instead of let me give you a hug or, um, you know, be with you, presence. Um, that's something that's especially challenging as you build your career and you spend time um, reading with them and um, spending time with them doing things. Um, I don't certainly not been perfect at that, but those are t- things that have helped, that I remember the most about um, parenting as my kids have gotten older. You know, I think about, I take one from the improv book and all the training that Paul's done with us and for groups that we're a part of. And this, like, how can you say yes and to life, to business, to your kids? And I had a yes and parenting win just recently when we did some errand during the day, so I was away from the kids. I took two of them out, the oldest ones, to go get something they wanted at the store with their money. That was cool. But when I came back, it was dark. And my six-year-old said, you said you would play football with me today, and it's now dark outside. You can't go play football. And he's, like, just learning that football is cool to him, right? Mm. And I said, well, what do you love most about football? Is it tackling? And he goes, oh, yeah, because he's always, like, flopping on the ground. <laughs> I said, you want to just go in the bedroom and just tackle each other over and over on the bed? And he goes, come on, man, like this. <laughs> in seven minutes of tackling packs and him pack- tackling me and us going back and forth, he walked away going, thanks for everything you do for me, Dad. And he's, like, hugging mm. me. He felt oh. seen and heard, like, but it would have been – Mostly easy for me to say, no, it's dark outside. No, tomorrow, I promise, I promise. Instead, it was like, yes, I will do something with you. It might not be what we thought it was, but let's do what what is the encompassing, you know, the embodiment of that Mm. thing. Mm. And that, uh, Michael Hoffman was on our show uh, recently on on here, and he talks about that a lot with parenting. Find ways to say yes, because what our kids hear from us all the time is, don't do that. No, stop. Don't, no, no, we don't say that. That's not the way our family works. Like, Yes, and we do this. <laughs> right, what's the positive? What's yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the thing we're moving towards. Uh, I think that's really important because even the culture thinks of us Catholics as like the, you know, the church of no's, the churches of you know, thou shalt nots and mm-hmm. things we're up being accused of. Of course, it's not true, but sometimes we can behave that way and certainly can behave that way as, as parents. And I think one of the things that I know we've tried to do a lot is um, to create an environment where your kids are likely to succeed so and, you know the you know the the uh, example is you know you don't dif- give the car keys to the seven-year-old and say hope it works hmm. um or a cell phone frankly to a young kid as they often get today and say just don't look at the bad sites um but it applies to a lot of different things at least in my experience of 
creating an environment where they're going to thrive. Um, you know, uh, whether it's materials or things that, that uh, we've done, like even like super practical things, we've put like our plates and dishes in a lower cabinet so they can help us set the table yeah. when we yep. eat dinner. It's just like the simplest little thing. And of course, as they get into teenagers, they don't like it, but the little ones love to be a part of that process of, of a family meal. And so um, I th- it's some of those kind of just simple lessons of setting things up so your kids can su- succeed. You know, looking at your own parenting and now becoming a grandparent, is there anything that you look back at, like what you learned um, through your parents that you would highlight or even things that you saw the generation before you do that you're doing the opposite because you <laughs> think that there's like a there's a potential better outcome when you view parenting or <coughs> this kid differently than maybe the way you were raised. And so it's either the, the, the taught on purpose or on yeah. accident kind of a thing. I don't know. Maybe it can be really controversial here. Yeah, I think sometimes it. when it comes to kind of faithful, traditional Catholics, we kind of idealize the 1950s. Like, fathers knows best. We had it right back then. If we could just go back to the 1950s when the seminaries were full and the churches were full, and they were. Uh, but sometimes I think we can draw some wrong lessons from some of the things from the 1950s. And none I think of, none the, of the people from the 50s are listening to the show, so just keep going. <laughs> the people that long no, for the 50s I know, again. I know, yeah. But you know what? The 1950s, the children raised from the 1950s, guess what? They're the children of the were teenagers in the 1960s. Mm. And a lot of things happened in the 1960s that haven't been so good for our country and our culture and our church. And I think sometimes the the this idea of... Um, the, uh, the father who comes home from work that just gets to, you know, stick his feet up and, you know, drink his Manhattan while the, the wife has to do everything. Uh, um, at least my sense is it's kind of what was called new evangelization Catholic world. Um, we've rediscovered our role as men. Yeah, we may be in, at the office all day. Um, we may have been working, but when you get home and walk through the door, we had to kick in and help, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like she's been, you know, in a bathrobe watching soap operas all day, not doing anything. Yep. She's been working, too. Um, I'm talking about especially if your wife stays home with the children. And yep. so I think we have a special role to play to support them and to have to live out that complementarity that we believe exists uh, between men and women. Yeah, that formation, too, when the, the husband is part actively of faith formation, the way that the kids grow in the faith and stay in the faith is dramatically different than if that's outsourced to the wife and the husband just sometimes well, you know, shows up. Even if you, you're there and you're in the wife is doing a lot of the work you've probably seen some of these studies recently in terms of kids who keep the faith um, there's some really interesting stuff that's come out recently and kids who um, grew up in a household where the father went to church mm. that it is the single most important predictor of kids keeping the faith even if the mother is going to church um, if the father is not it's dramatically different and so just that role of the father and living out and your kids seeing the father um, practice their faith. I mean, there's always that wonderful story of John Paul II when he's a little boy walking into his room and seeing his father kneeling at the side of his bed. I don't know if my kids have ever seen me doing that because I probably haven't prayed enough on my knees on the side of my bed, but um, such a wonderful example of you know, this icon of a father's um, humility and sacrifice, but to that authoritative model that there is a God and I worship him and I want you to worship him with me and get you to heaven mm-hmm. so we can be together forever always goes back to the beata dads <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's a whole uh, 
uh, premium. Uh, That's right. Uh, prep. Oh, it's yeah. A, oh, yeah. Extra you can, fee. You yeah, can, yeah, you can yeah. sign up uh, for Beatitudes. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a study done about uh, Beatitudes <laughs> and their impact on child rearing. Yep. <laughs> if your children listen to the Beatitudes regularly, they have a 12, 12% higher chance of laughing. I don't <laughs> well, that was the other thing you said, you know, something that my parents did. You know what it is? It would be to laugh a lot. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I, that certainly my dad is that way. He always talked about the power of laughter and how, you know, if you can't laugh, especially if you're like your lesson to your son when the next time he gets, you know, hit in the knee, just, yeah. just laugh, <laughs> yeah. just laugh. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy it. <laughs> no, but you have to be able to laugh. And it's fun to think about even not in the Bible much, but, you know, the, I'm sure our Lord laughed too, even Absolutely. with his apostles. Yeah, well, and I can <laughs> We prayed before the show, and we said, thank you, God, for the cables. One time we said that because the cables had arrived, and we were ready to do the podcast, and we were all laughing, and I was thinking about, God must really enjoy, at least my view, is that even in prayer, we have that joy that just comes out of us, and that we're not like, don't you dare laugh, we're in the middle of a prayer. Yeah, like, right. We're with our friend, our Lord, our Savior. Like it's, it's, This is a relationship, and not just uh, the uh, one-way transmittal of a, of a dialogue, so... Yeah, couldn't say it any better. Amen. Amen. Any, uh, any, just give us that one punchline piece of wisdom. What is the, th- what is the thing that you want people to know? Whether this is about parenting, keeping faith in the home, a resource. Like, let's just take it out with. Brian's gonna just depart some wisdom on you. That is a lot of pressure. Yeah. What is Ooh. what does the grandfather have to say <laughs> to, to us young young whippersnappers? Yet to be born child, but technically a grandfather. So Too I'm sh- not sure I have any grandfather wisdom. I'm still in now in search of that. Yeah. Oh boy, I feel like you have to like leave like a drum roll side effect there or something. We'll pull it in. I got it. I, I can throw this in here later. What's what's a parting thought for for just the Catholic family leader? I would say you know I'm, I'm going to go back to. Um, the line we used last episode on the Declaration of Independence, you know, there is a God, and you're not him. Um, that's helpful to remember in parenting, too. <laughs> um, if we remember that it's not just about us, um, that uh, we are not um, the arbiter of all that happens, um, that we are living essentially um, being held in existence at all times by God. Um, this this fundamental truth of of created order itself that that um, um, there's a, there's a this a sense of of humility that you're forced to live by that I think is especially important in parenting because uh, you get a lot of things wrong. Um, the, la- the 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 word of wisdom I'd say because I'm reminded of this a lot and I do it very infrequently, but don't be afraid to tell your kids I'm sorry. Mm. Yep. I think you nailed it. And I like that you took a moment to think through what this on-the-spot wisdom was going to be. I just do this stream of consciousness thing. <laughs> like I said, sometimes it's great. But I think you've just left us with incredible wisdom. So I appreciate that for you. Um, listen, this is the Beatitudes. We've been having an awesome two-episode two week with Brian Birch from Catholic Vote. If you are not subscribed to The Loop, the Catholic Vote daily newsletter, you're missing out on something really special. The rest of us are a part of it, so come join us. Also, subscribe and promote the Beatitudes. We would love to have you as part of this incredible podcast journey that we're on. And so that you, we know that you did it, we will see you in the loop. And for the rest of you, we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at 
That's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.